I'm just as excited as the next analytics geek about all the amazing innovation going on in our field, but nothing brings me quite as much satisfaction as being able to tackle a question in a few minutes that a few years ago took me hours to solve. This is the Technical Marketing Handbook, a podcast occasionally about the technological marvels that fuel our digital marketing industry. In this last episode of 2021, I will be talking about knowledge sharing and I'm going guestless once again. Welcome to the Technical Marketing Handbook. I'm your host, Simo Hava, the co-founder of Simmer, the company that sponsors this podcast. In the previous episode, I talked about motivation. While discussing the struggles and triumphs of my everyday work in data engineering, I perhaps spent too much time on the lack of motivation, not enough on what actually keeps me fresh from one day to the next. Working against forces, both internal and external, that try to put us down is a daily struggle. It takes a lot of energy and mental sustenance just to balance things out, so that when someone asks you how your day was, you could at least squeeze out a genuine, heartfelt, meh. And just as a disclaimer, I know this is all very gloomy and might not be the pick-me-up you were looking for when tuning into this episode, but my excuse is that December in Finland is as dark and depressing as, well, December in Finland. But I hear your silent complaints and I promise I'll turn this around soon. Anyway, if you are stuck at a job, hobby or learning path where most of your resources are spent just trying to eliminate demotivational factors, you'll never have the time or energy to actually reach net positive gains. And I see this all the time when working as a consultant in different organizations. So much effort is wasted in putting out fires, in trying to forget the fact that you're just a cog in a machine that doesn't care about you, in not being swept away by the delusions of imposter syndrome or, conversely, the lure of Dunning-Kruger, and so on. There's so little time left for you. The pandemic with its work-from-home mandates is messing up your social schedule. You're offered a training budget and you enroll in online course after online course, but you're just too out of focus to properly apply what you have learned. And client after client and task after task are just the same old, same old that you feel like you're living the same day over and over. Disclaimer 2, please don't turn this podcast off. We're getting to the positive stuff soon, I promise. And I've been there. I've been through it all. If you recall from the previous episode, I've struggled with motivation issues over the last four years. But I've also triumphed through it all and figured out how to reach a net positive mindset that not only benefits me immensely, but also has altruistic overtones which can reverberate through entire communities of people who are also facing these struggles. So after this long preamble... I want to introduce the topic of this episode properly. Today we are going to talk about how to find your expertise, how to accept it, how to incubate it, and how to turn it into a positive force, not just for your own little self, but for those around you as well. But first, it's time for an analogy. 
We live in a townhouse with my family. It was built in the early 1980s, which means in Finland that it suffers from certain construction decisions that were popular at the time, but that have proven to be potentially disastrous as understanding of construction methods have improved. I would love to improve our house in all sorts of ways. For example, I'd like to add floor to ceiling windows in the walls facing our backyard. But before we can do that, we need to replace our radiators with under-the-floor heating, as this is Finland where annual temperatures fluctuate from minus 20 degrees to plus 30 degrees Celsius. And before we can modify our flooring structure, we need to fix the plinths of the house, because our floors are essentially just concrete slabs perched directly against the false plinths and the soggy ground beneath. And before we can touch the plinths, we need to fix the draining around the house to make sure that rainwater and capillary moisture is properly diverted away from our foundations. I'm worried that if someday we decide to sell our house, the poor construction decisions that were made back in the day, coupled with the neglect we've shown our house foundations, will make it either an impossible sale or will turn into litigation when the new owners find hidden faults or, even worse, mold in the structures. But what has all of this got to do with expertise and with learning? Well, in a not-too-obvious way, this is the type of logic I found very useful when applied to a learning profile too. With a learning profile, I mean the general approach you take to not just learning new things, but to maintaining your baseline expertise as well. Think of your baseline as the foundations of the house. The stronger you build your core knowledge of whatever you want to become an expert in, the easier it is to add new construction on top of it. Now, after a couple of select words from our sponsors, I'll spend the rest of the episode expanding this analogy, and I hope that you'll be able to derive some ideas for your own personal learning journey, too. Are you a marketing or a data professional looking to skill up? Take a look at the online courses Simmer has to offer at teamsimmer.com. The courses are completely self-paced and your enrollment will grant you lifetime access to the material, including any updates. Go to teamsimmer.com and use the coupon code HANDBOOK to get 10% off your course purchase. That's teamsimmer.com. These are the tenets I live by when it comes to learning new things and participating in knowledge transfer. 1. Engage in various communities where people who share your interests want to discuss relevant topics or seek assistance with problems they are having. 2. Try to help out as much as possible, especially with the low-level questions and problems. And 3. Make knowledge sharing a reflex. Whenever you come up with something interesting, write it up and share it. By doing these things, I'm able to keep the foundations of my learning profile in good shape, and it will be easier to tack on new expertise when necessary. Community engagement is the key to everything. It doesn't matter where it happens, in Twitter, in Slack, in blog comments, in meetups, in virtual conferences. What matters is that you engage. This kind of pulls us back into another topic that's been popular in the episodes of this podcast, communication. If you recall, by constantly maintaining some level of communication across silos of an organization, you could proactively prevent the types of mistakes and errors that are born out of communication breakdowns. 
In a similar way, by engaging in discussions and commentary around the subject matter you want to become an expert in, you will find yourself becoming more and more fluent with the jargon, terminology and concepts of your field. And my approach is really all about this idea of fluency. If you're not fluent in the language of your field, and if you're not in a mind space where you can communicate efficiently about your interests, it will be difficult to not only learn about new trends, but to also associate them with the overall context of your chosen subject matter. For example, in digital marketing, as elsewhere, the current hot topics revolve very much around the concept of Web3, around blockchain technologies, and around decentralization of assets, both technological and financial. While it wouldn't take too long to understand the basics of these topics, figuring out their applications in your own specific field might be very difficult to do unless you've managed to build a rock-solid foundational understanding. It's easier to build floor-to-ceiling windows in the wall of your house if the foundations are solid and if you know which parts of the structure are load-bearing. So, by being active in communities every single day, you'll be able to immerse yourself in the topics, both current and evergreen, that permeate your field today. Understandably, it might take time and courage to speak up, but that's where my second suggestion might come in handy. When participating in communities, try to focus, let's say, 80-90% to of your effort in answering questions and helping solve problems. Why? Because problem solving is a great way to help your brain actively figure out new pathways between different topics. Even better, try to help as much as you can with topics that you might have already solved a million times in the past. Focusing on the mundane things will help you manage a baseline with the least effort. And it's not just that. There's a reason why every field has a set of questions and problems that get asked over and over again, even if they've already been answered and solved a million times before. It's because these issues are so central, so prevalent, and so fundamental to the field itself. By becoming a bona fide expert on these topics, you'll be able to enrich your own foundational knowledge of your field, which will leave you better equipped to tack on new, more advanced knowledge. And you know what? You don't have to chase the next shiny object. There's a whole lot of value in becoming an expert on the status quo too. It's good to be aware of the latest and greatest innovations, but figuring out new ways of fixing the fundamentals will enrich both your and your community's most common, most baseline struggles in the field. The third and final tenet is related to the first two, but its scope goes beyond just the community. I have always had a very, let's call it a socialistic approach to knowledge sharing. Knowledge, learnings, experiences and anecdotes are valuable only when shared. Putting them behind paywalls, patents and competitive strategy hurts innovation in the name of capital gains. Before you discredit me as a hopelessly naive idealist, please remember that we're talking about foundational knowledge here. I found it an extremely rewarding and self-serving strategy to make knowledge sharing reflexive. As soon as I come up with a solution or a new innovation in my own field, I write it up as a blog post, as a Twitter thread, as a topic in the Measure Slack community, or I turn it into a video tutorial in my free YouTube channel. Why? For many reasons. One, almost everything I've learned in my field has come from knowledge sharing that's happened with no subscription fees. I believe I owe it to the community to give back. 
Two, innovation breeds innovation. By sharing ideas even at an early stage, we'll hopefully get the type of traction required to make it an even better solution in the long run. This is very similar to the open source movement where collaboration is key to success. But collaboration can't happen if someone doesn't make the initial commitment to the project. Three, by writing about the solution and by sharing it with the hopes of receiving feedback, I'm forcing myself to explain it in such a way that makes sense to the audience. This, in turn, means that the solution has to be sufficiently refined and it has to have merit so that it can be reproduced by those reading about it. It's easy to just throw ideas into the air and hope someone catches them and develops them further, but this is actually very rare. Building the foundations yourself, see how we're back in the house analogy, will make it easier for others to contribute too. Now, all of these approaches I've discussed thus far have very certain and very clear self-improvement capabilities. By making knowledge sharing a primitive and reflexive, almost a knee-jerk reaction, you'll feed your own baseline knowledge in your field on a constant basis. But there are altruistic downstream effects too. This podcast has been about my learning, perhaps also about your learning, but it's also about enriching the communities around you. By helping others, you help yourself. By helping yourself, you help others. You become a positive force in your community, known for your dedication to improving the quality of knowledge all around you. It truly is a win-win approach, and you can start doing it right now. Even if you enter a completely new community around a topic you know nothing about, you can start off by asking questions yourself, and then taking the answers and the applications and sharing them with others as soon as they ask the same questions again. What this all requires from you is that it has to become habitual. I devote an entirely too large part of my life to this, but it's simply because I no longer consider there to be a difference between what I call daily work and what I do in the communities I'm active in. You don't have to spend hours upon hours every day in the communities you frequent, but perhaps reserve 30 minutes each workday for checking the log of discussions you enjoy participating in. Maybe try to write one Medium blog per month, or start one Twitter thread per month. Maybe do a weekly overview of current hot topics in your field in YouTube or in a podcast, or maybe start a discussion group in your company. There are many ways to engage with learning communities around you. You just need to take the first steps and you'll start seeing dividends immediately, I promise. The biggest risk is in becoming cynical. Once you see the same question posted for the hundredth time within a week span, it's easy to snap an unhelpful response or to berate the person asking about their search skills. I'm often guilty of this and it's something I actively try to improve in my own demeanor. But just remember that your short-tempered response could deter your counterpart from ever participating in community discussions again. I suppose that's all I have to say on this topic. I found a lot of success and a lot of personal growth in focusing on building muscle memory with the fundamentals and foundational topics of my field. I'm just as excited as the next analytics geek about all the amazing innovation going on in our field, but nothing brings me quite as much satisfaction as being able to tackle a question in a few minutes that a few years ago took me hours to solve. 
I don't know if we are ever going to upgrade our house because of how much work it would take to fix the foundational construction problems. I'm not even sure we'd do things any differently if we were to go back in time to when we moved in. Sometimes it's just good to indulge oneself in chasing bigger quality of life improvements than what just focusing on foundations might offer. Today I live in a wonderful house with a wonderful family, and in this case the end has certainly justified the means. But in my chosen field of analytics and digital marketing, I absolutely believe in my approach, and I hope that by listening to this podcast episode, you might be persuaded to follow these steps too. This is the last episode of this year. I'll return next year with new topics and hopefully some guests too. I hope you have a wonderful end of the year, and I wish you happy holidays with whatever you choose to celebrate at this time. And as always, stay safe, take care, and thanks for tuning in.